Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. The Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 6 and verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, as I said before, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, We're going to be looking line by line as we work our way through the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, you know... For nearly 2,000 years now, people have been praying this prayer. And, and this morning we prayed this prayer. And when we did so, we joined a global chorus of people who are praying this prayer across the globe as they come to worship. And ever since the first followers of Jesus, ever since the early church, Christians have been praying this prayer. Kenneth Bailey, who is a, a biblical scholar, shares a story about how he had the privilege of giving a lecture in Latvia just shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union. Most of the students there had been brought up and educated in a communist state system which was determined to indoctrinate them in atheism. And so he was intrigued. He was intrigued to discover how they, they came to faith in Jesus. And so he asked one particular a female student how she came to faith. He said, well, you know, was there a church in your village? No, the communists shut all the churches. Well, was your grandmother a, a Christian? No, all my family members were atheists. Well, how did you become a Christian? And this is what she said. At funerals, we were allowed to recite the Lord's Prayer. As a young child, I heard these strange words and had no idea who we were talking to, what the words meant, where they came from, or why we were reciting them. When freedom came at last, I had the opportunity to search for their meaning. When you are in total darkness, the tiniest point of light is very bright. For me, the Lord's Prayer was that point of light. By the time I found its meaning, I was a Christian. There's something very powerful about the Lord's Prayer. And when we look at the Lord's Prayer, we discover Jesus' own understanding of the world and the problems in the world. We get a glimpse into Jesus' own understanding of his own vocation, his own mission, and his Father's purposes. 
And Jesus is inviting us to share his understanding of the world, to share in his own mission, to share in his Father's purposes by praying this prayer. It's very powerful. But too often we like that Latvian student. We recite in the Lord's Prayer, but we don't understand the meaning of the words or even why we're reciting it. And often the Lord's Prayer has become so familiar to us, it loses all impact. That was certainly my experience as a child. Twelve years of school killed the Lord's Prayer for me. There were about 800 boys, all non-believers, reciting the Lord's Prayer every assembly. It just totally robbed it of all meaning. I was able to recite the Lord's Prayer without even thinking or taking anything in. They were just empty words. But when we grasp those words, they are rich in meaning and they're very powerful. And so today we're going to be looking at the, at the Lord's Prayer. We're going to be focusing on the first line. Our Father in heaven. Now when we pray, it's vital that we address God because it's by addressing God that distinguishes prayer from worrying out loud. Okay, so that that's kind of makes it prayer. And, and Jesus says that we should uh, address God And he doesn't just address God as Father himself. He addresses God and says we should address God as Father. Simply Father. Simply call him Father in heaven. That's that's to distinguish him from our earthly Father. Now that's quite significant because in those days, most religions had a long list of titles for God. And whenever they would go and pray, they would ensure that they mentioned every single title for God just in case they might offend God. And Jesus says, simply call him Father. Now, most biblical scholars would agree that there's a general consensus that Jesus was using the Aramaic word Abba for Father. Uh, Abba simply means Father in, in Aramaic. You see, in those days, the Jews spoke Aramaic. That, that was their mother tongue. However, when they went to the synagogue and when they would read the Bible, read Scripture in the synagogue, they would always read the Bible in Hebrew. And when they would pray, and they would pray three times a day, once in the morning, once at about three o'clock in the afternoon, again in the evening, and when they would pray, they would stand as a sign of respect, and then they would first recite the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. They would recite that in Hebrew, and then they would recite one of 18 prayers in Hebrew. They would pray in Hebrew. However, Jesus prays Abba. He prays in Aramaic, and he invites his followers to pray in Aramaic. How how do we know that? Well, the word Abba appears three times in the Bible. It appears on the lips of Jesus in Mark chapter 14 and verse 36. And again in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 and Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. Every time we read the phrase, read that the word appears in our English translation, we read the phrase Abba, Father. Abba, the Aramaic word for father, is immediately followed by a Greek translation of the word, a Greek word for father, pater, pater. 
So you have the Aramaic father and then you have Greek father, one after each other. Why, why do they repeat the word father, once in Aramaic and once in Greek? Well, their only explanation is that the word Abba was so important to the early followers of Jesus that they retained it even when they were writing in Greek, even when they knew that their readers didn't understand Aramaic. They still retained it. Also take note that the three times that the word appears, it's always in the context of passionate prayer. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 36, Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane, Abba, Father. And in Romans and in Galatians, Paul is encouraging us to pray, Abba, Father. So the only explanation, or the best explanation for why this this Aramaic word, Abba, was retained is because this is the very word Jesus used when he prayed to his Father, Abba. And he encouraged his followers to use the same word. Now that's significant. That's, that's significant for a number of reasons. Firstly, it's inclusive. It's inclusive. It, it's, silly, it's telling us that there is no sacred language or culture. Everyone and anyone can go into the presence of God and pray to God in their own language. Now, we've all heard the jokes, the many jokes that, that Welsh or Afrikaans or whatever is the heavenly language. Uh, many people, English-speaking people, think that the, the English of the King James Version is the, is the heavenly language. And when you pray, you have to suddenly switch into to King James English language. Uh, English. There's a, a story, apparently an Armenian claims that God employs a very, very, very clever Armenian monk who knows every single language in the world, so that he can translate all the prayers of the world into Armenian so that God could understand, because obviously that's the language of God. What we discover over here is that there's no sacred language, there's no sacred culture. We all can come into the presence of God and pray to God in our own language. Jesus encouraged his followers to pray in their own language, Aramaic, the, the Greek New Testament encourages its readers to pray in their language of Greek, and we're encouraged to pray in our own language. And Abba, Father, is an open title. You see, in those days when the Jews used to pray and they would recite one of those 18 prayers, there were many titles for God, many titles. The most common one was God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The second most common one was the God of our fathers. To pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is to pray a very particular prayer of a very particular people or group with a very particular history. Now, of course, as Christians, we are adopted into that family. But when Jesus tells his disciples to pray Abba, he, he's, he's affirming a vision, a, a family of faith, that transcends any kind of racial or ethnical ties to Abraham. A family of faith where everyone is equal. You see, Abba, the word father, is an open title. Anyone from any nation, tribe can pray father. We all come on the equal ground and equally to God. So the word Abba is an incredibly powerfully inclusive word that invites everyone to come and pray. 
Also take note, it says, our Father, not my Father. When we pray this prayer, we don't pray in isolation. We pray part of a community of followers of Jesus. Uh, An open community, an inclusive community, a, a family of faith which has one Father, and every follower of Jesus is part of that family. Secondly, Abba is a very intimate term. It's a very intimate term. This is not the the normal way that that Jews would address God in prayer. Now, Jesus isn't completely unique in using the word Father to to address God. In fact, the Old Testament often refers to, to God as Father. But whenever the Old Testament refers to God as Father, it's always as a simile or a metaphor, never as a direct address. You see, it's one thing to say, well, God is like a father, similarly, or, or God is our father, metaphor. It's a completely different thing to say, good morning, father. You see, the first two are descriptions. The third is a title. The Old Testament constantly describes God as a father, but Jesus uses the word father as a direct address for God. Now, there are some examples of Jews during the time of Jesus to use the word Father as a direct address, but they are very rare and infrequent. What is so distinctive over here about Jesus is that this was Jesus' normal mode of operation. This was Jesus' custom. He always refers to his Father, I mean, to, to God as his Father. He addresses God as his Father, and he invites us to do the same. Most Jews would feel very uncomfortable praying like that. It's too familiar. In fact, it would feel inappropriate. It would feel irreverent. It would feel offensive to to address God as Father. It's too intimate of a term. Now, the word Abba was often used by students when they would address their teacher. So it does have a, a sign of respect for a superior. But More often and most commonly, it's used by children, by little children and adult children to address their own father. It's kind of the equivalent to the English word daddy or dad. Now imagine for a moment uh, that you were to meet the queen. Uh, I would imagine if you were to meet the queen, you would probably dress immaculately with all the proper attire. You would then be coached on how to approach the queen, what to say to the queen, and how to say it. Then imagine on the day you come before the queen, you bow down, and you say, Hi, mom. I mean, that would just imagine the reaction around. I mean, it's just completely inappropriate, it's irreverent, it's offensive, it's rude to address the queen like. How much more if you were to go into the very presence of God, the most holy God, the creator of the whole universe, walk into his presence and say, Hi, Dad. Yet that is what Jesus is encouraging us to do. I can remember once uh, listening to Prince Charles uh, speaking on, on TV. He was I think it was the Queen's birthday or anniversary, and he was giving this address in honor of the Queen, a speech in honor of the Queen. And so he was addressing the Queen, he was using her titles, Your Majesty, and so on and so on. And then he ended by simply saying, Mom. And everyone smiled at that point. Because although it felt really weird 
You know, it felt inappropriate. It was, was wrong to call the queen mom. At the same time, you knew it was totally appropriate for him because although he does relate to the queen as your majesty, he also, because he's the, her son, he also relates to her as mom. And so it was totally appropriate. And likewise, it's totally appropriate for Jesus because he is the Son of God. It's totally appropriate for him to come into the presence of God and to call God Father. Totally appropriate. What is revolutionary, what is completely shocking, is that he invites us to do the same. He invites us to come into the presence of God and say, Dad. He invites us to share that same level, that, that deeper level of intimacy and, and, and uh, personal relationship that he has with the Father. You see, it's only when you realize how offensive it is, how, how offensive it is to call God Abba, that you can suddenly begin to understand how wonderful, how marvelous, how awesome it is that we get to call God Abba. See, this is the very essence of what it means to be a Christian. This is the very essence of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It means we are adopted into God's family. We are the adopted child of God. Just think about that for a moment. An adopted child has all the rights and the privileges of a biological child. That means we have the same legal rights and standing before God that Jesus has. We're able to enter into the presence of God just like a child coming to their father. And you know what happens with, with adoption? When someone adopts a child, they are saying that they are choosing to treat that child and to love that child as if it was their own biological child. They are saying, I, I promise to regard you with all the acceptance, with all the commitment and all the love as though you were my own biological child. And that commitment and acceptance is not conditional. It's not dependent on the child behaving themselves, being well behaved, or the child being very smart, or, or the child being super talented. No, it's completely unconditional. It's a never-ending, never-failing, committed love. And that's how God treats you, and that's how God sees you. And he says, call me Daddy. Now, for, for some, the idea of God being Father is, is not a very helpful metaphor because of your own bad experiences with your, with your Father. Sometimes our Father isn't there for us. Sometimes uh, your, your father can be authoritarian, dictatorial, aloof, cold, and distant. And even the best human father is not perfect. All fathers make mistakes and get things wrong. What we mustn't do is project our bad experiences with our father onto God. What we need to do is see how Jesus describes our Father in heaven. The best description that Jesus gives us of what God is like, the Father heart of God, is found in Luke chapter 15, in what is, what is known as the, the parable of the prodigal son. A, a better title would be the parable of the crazy loving father. 
Because the parable is all about the Father who loves us with this crazy love. He, he's there waiting for us to return to Him with arms open wide. And when He sees us, He completely embarrasses Himself. He makes a complete fool of Himself. He, he lifts up His robe, exposing His hairy legs so that He can run. Just like a little girl might lift up her skirt so that she can run. The poor servants don't know where to look. He runs out and he embraces us. He hugs us. And then he blows the whole entertainment budget for the year and throws this massive party to welcome us home. That's what God is like. Jesus is effectively saying, that's what God is like. That's what your Abba Father is like. He's warm. He's generous. He's compassionate. And he's loving. And thirdly, this Abba is the basis of all true prayer. All true prayer, real prayer, is about coming into the presence of Abba, coming into the presence of our Heavenly Father as a child. You see, whenever we approach someone, whether we know it or not, and normally we don't know it, uh, we, we make implicit assumptions about the basis of the relationship. We intuitively do this because the, the basis of the relationship will determine the level of exchange. So, for example, when I was living in London, in London you would never approach a stranger and start talking. You just never do that. Everyone sits in the tube, dead quiet, no one speaks. A couple of exceptions, you can ask someone for the time. Completely acceptable to ask someone for the time or to ask for directions. Which way is it to St. Paul's Cathedral or, or where's the closest tube station? Absolutely fine. You can ask those questions. Why? What's the basis? Well, it's probably common humanity. We've all experienced being lost in London and desperately needing some directions. So when some poor fellow asks you for directions, you can identify with them. That, that, that's the basis. But everyone knows that that basis is pretty slim. I mean, you can't go very far on that basis. You can't say, can I have your briefcase, for example? Mine's got a hole in it. I mean, you just can't do that. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you don't have the proper basis for that. You need a deeper basis for a deeper level of exchange. So I think what Jesus is saying over here is that the, there are basically two different bases for approaching God. You can either approach God on the basis of a business relationship, or you can approach God on the basis of a family relationship. A business relationship, the basis of a business relationship is, is I have something for you. It's all about what I have for you. Whereas the basis of a family relationship is what I am to you. A business relationship is about performance. You perform, they perform. The basis of a family relationship is about commitment. It's a committed, permanent relationship. So, for example, you can live in somebody's house either as a tenant, a lodger, or as a child, a family member. And, and if you're a lodger, you relate to the owner of the house as a landlord. And you can have a very good relationship as long as you pay the rent, look after the property, and the landlord does the maintenance and so forth. You can have a very good relationship. Th that's the basis of the relationship. It's a business relationship. Whereas, if you're living in your parents' house, you're not a lodger, you're not a tenant, you're the child. And the basis is completely different. You don't have to pay the rent. It's completely different. You see, in a business relationship, 
It goes like this. You perform, you're accepted. You pay the rent, you're accepted. But the basis of a family relationship is you are accepted, you are loved simply because you are a child. And because you are just accepted and loved, then you you want to perform. The, The basis is completely different. Can you see the difference? You see, a religious person will say, God, I want you to come into my life and be my landlord. I'll do my part, you do your part. True prayer is coming to God and saying, God, I want you to come into my life and be my father. I know I'm not worthy of being your child. I know I'm not worthy of your favor. But because Jesus lived the life I should have lived and because Jesus died the the death I should have died, on that basis, on the basis of what Jesus has done for me, I just want to thank you that I can call you Father. Jesus wants us to know that the true basis of prayer is not a business relationship, it's a family relationship. Are you approaching God on the basis of a business relationship or on the basis of a family relationship? This is how you can tell the difference. What happens when your prayers aren't answered? Do you get angry? Do you feel guilty? Life is going hard and you've been praying and praying and things aren't just going right. Do you suddenly get angry? God, you're not coming through for me. I I, I deserve this. I've been a good person. I've been praying. I've been paying my rent. Do you feel guilty? I'm obviously not a good enough person. Obviously not praying hard enough. I haven't paid enough rent. Any of those two responses show that you're a lodger, not a child. Shows that you are approaching God on the basis of a business relationship rather than a family relationship. Shows that you don't know God as Abba. And if you relate relating on the basis of a business relationship, then your, your prayer life will be empty and cold and impersonal and mechanical. There won't be any love. There won't be any grace and sweetness to your prayers. And we're not talking about how articulate you are or how eloquent you are. We're talking about is it, is it cold and impersonal? Do you just pray because you're supposed to? Do you get angry when God doesn't come through? Guilty? Oh, I'm not praying enough. Are your prayers empty, cold, impersonal, and mechanical? Or are your prayers warm, confident, loving, and personal because you know God as Abba? Let's make sure that we always approach God and know God as Abba, our Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you that we can call you Abba, that you invite us into that relation, even though it seems so inappropriate, so irreverent, so so offensive even. Yet you give us the right to become children of God, to come to you as our Father. And Father, please forgive us. We so often unknowingly want to come to you on the basis of a business relationship. We do our part, you do your part. Father, we confess we do that. We pray that you would forgive us and help us to 
move away from a business type relationship and come to just know you as a father, as a crazy loving father from Luke chapter 15 who embarrasses himself in order to express his love for us. Father, don't let us ever take that for granted, that we can call you Abba, that we can call you Daddy, that we can know you that deep, that personal, that intimately. And we thank you that that's all possible because of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.